Hi there. Thank you for downloading, listening to, and watching the Lean Into Artcast, the show where a couple of visual storytellers get together and take on various topics that tend to occur um, to, to one when they go on this endeavor of communicating with images. We think hard about this stuff, so you will too. My name is Jersey Drozd. I am a cartoonist and teaching artist, and the other host is... Hi, everyone. I'm Rob Stenzinger. I'm a user experience designer, and I also teach and coach related to the design and interactive storytelling type stuff. Ooh. Another iteration. I, I, I really feel like uh, I need to go back like 10 episodes and start collecting these. I'm sure you already have been doing that, haven't you? I ha well, kind of, but like, no, this, that would be fun data, actually. Now, I'm going to make that a project. Like, how, <laughs> like, what is the plot of, like, what are the dimensions of this, this, this aspect I emphasize or another? And like, what, what zone is that? Maybe, maybe I'll actually figure out what to say. <laughs> and it would hone in on the consistent uh, uh it, it, that that modeling that you just saw everybody or listened to is exactly like the approach that we do we're like it's part intuition but then we don't just lean on that intuition we step back and we go okay let's look for patterns and see what other kind of information we can glean from this so that we can make as informed a decision as we can when we're making our uh choices uh through our communicating with images creative work um, and this week, every, every week we show up, we take on a topic, we try to like pick one and just like look at it as hard as we can. And we usually do it in like two sections where one section is like what it looks like when we're doing the thing. The second section's, uh, how we think about it. And now we got a new third section where we talk about this thing called an ongoing two minute practice, um, or checking into practice for practice's sake. And that got me thinking about, a, an approach for this week's episode with, uh, sort of a 180 on the whole idea of checking in on a regular basis to do a practice, but like let's talk about a more goal-oriented topic um, because we like both, right? Oh, very much so. Like this, this. Um, so two-minute practices has been an inter interesting thing to explore the, um, well, with creative challenges. Creative challenges has permeated and is like one of the most consistent themes in this, our entire body of work with leaning to art because they're incredibly useful um, ways to sort of um, tackle a problem and, and, or put some kind of thing you've been inspired to make into a circumstance and then navigate it. And whether that the, the result is you want to learn more and practice and build your skills or in Jersey's case, it's almost always to build a product. And then over the years, I couldn't help but notice that Jersey consistently builds products with this, this kind of thing. And, and so we've talked about that. And I think it's a, a great, mm, I admire that as, uh, because I look back and I, 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 have, you know, I have certain work that I think, well, if in that creative um, challenge, I would have made this more of a product, I think I could have gotten there or close and then finished it after or what have you. Anyway, so it's a, it's a common topic for us to, to think through. And I think it's constructive because what are we doing here? We're, we're um, hopefully building things that we believe in. And you got to start from some idea and it goes into a more clarified thing as you put it into the world. And then you get it out there. You share it. Hopefully, if it's, if it's more of a product, then what you're sharing is the, well, maybe something you can engage in trade with buy your zine buy the comic what have you mm -hmm. 
Or, at the very least, there'll be a clarified sort of representation of what your value is, what your values are, I should say. Um, you know, so, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But that's, that's the framework for this. And uh, for, uh, I think that's as good a time as any to like hit the music to say where we're going to go next. Oh. Music is really slow. I didn't. I forgot that this track starts so slow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. Power slave. Yeah. I got some new tracks that I just didn't test them first. I'm like, I just dropped them in. I yeah. Like that song. Those. Yeah. If uh, moody, um, you know, uh, evocative, you know, metal with various movements in it, they'll go super slow on you. Yeah. Watch out. At least it didn't start with the music box. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so I messaged you a couple weeks ago because I was just like letting YouTube play in the background while it was working. And I came across an older video from Jake Parker, um, which was uh, entitled, You Need a Product, Not a Project, episode 41 of Jake Parker's YouTube series of videos um, where he like does like sort of like a, a, a talk slash essay while you watch him draw. And uh, what was this from? April 2016. Um, and it got me thinking because like this is, I mean, this is what we were talking about just a moment ago, this idea that we had been, in, you know, really... Uh, investigating and celebrating this whole idea of practicing. I'm like, well, here's like another approach where it's like, well, and, and, and also like navigating this whole idea of like, what's the difference between a product and a project, you know? Uh, and thinking about what you just said a moment ago about like product development is like a part of this whole business. And I thought, well, maybe we can take Jake's video and leap off from it. Cause like, uh, how would you describe like the, the, the content of the video without spoiling too much of it? Cause people should go watch it if they're interested, but What's the gist? Well, I think it's um, it's a lot of encouragement, and it's uh, you know framed with with some some of the um, uh, I think ways where where you can you can explore this concept of well, well, what is a project, where and what what is a product, and so why why not um, take this product approach because it opens up these other opportunities, and Jake describes the kind of opportunities that he sees how a product. Um, really can help an artist's uh, practice and build up a, you know, build up your repertoire and your um, send signal to your audience and all that. Um, and then, you know, he, he gives you useful examples of, of, Hey, make a product based on these constraints. And he has a few different recipes, which I think are pretty great. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then along the way, it's just, well, I mean, he's, he's, um, I don't know a, a thoughtful artist who shares an essay as he's as he's drawing, and it's so it's yeah it's 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 a it's a great thing where you don't have to watch the video because I think his essays are are not are, are decoupled from the the visuals right. right right very much so yeah and that's that's why I, I had him in one of my playlists just so that those things can run in the background I don't need to attend to it the way I do some other videos right so yeah mm -hmm. um so. How, how do you want to what, what's what's your recommendation for how we approach this i mean it's like i guess like to summarize the big idea there is he he really emphasized this idea of 
making something that has some kind of tangible finish line to it. Well, not like necessarily atomic, like like physical objects, but it could be a digital thing. But there's something that signifies now it is done. You have a sense of like at this point it will be done and I can celebrate that and I can keep myself motivated by having this doneness to head toward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, yeah, yeah the, the, it's, it's, it has just a, a ton of, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of benefits. Like it's, uh, it, it, well, it, it, it focuses you. It's, it's useful constraints. A lot of what, like what we've talked about with creative challenges, but then it's, it's in a way he's talking about opening up instead of having something that was nece- that's necessarily a tight timeline uh, entirely, but, but actually it could be integrated with that. So if you have like a, the bulk of the work you could generate during Inktober, for instance, right. But then you may have some follow-up work to, um, package that up and turn it into a final product. And, uh, but, but he's encouraging. So taking that longer view of getting that thing into the world and, uh, getting a lot of benefit from it, which, which I've witnessed. Uh, I mean, sure. I've, I've made, plenty of products as as well but uh in the context of creative challenges and whatnot i often opt for it's more like a project where i i've allocated some time and and i'm going to keep working at it and i see this as a commitment i'm going to stick with but it's not as much about that handoff and the getting it into the world right mm-hmm. and so yeah so i i can i've really uh empathized with that contrast and uh so what uh, what stood out to you about this jersey? Where, um, well, I mean, like, like so something about it arrested your attention, right? So, so the, one thing that stood out to me is that the word "product" has mixed uh, mixed results with when you say that word to an art community. You know, um, mm. you, you, you see what I'm saying? Because like, there's something about the word "product" that like. Um, it's it's also in the zeitgeist right now. It's like, well, if if you know, like, if you're using a free service, you're the product. You know, uh, there's like this. It, 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 there's there's a lot of uh, debate right now about like whether or not capitalism is a good good idea, right? Like, it's it's in our heads and it's in a lot of discussion right now. And to declare that this is a product that I want to engage with and trade with is going to have a mixed landing, uh, depending on who you talk to. Now, I think. Most people who have engaged with our show will probably know how we react to that word is that, you know, it's it, it the word itself isn't necessarily uh, have, have has a lot of baggage associated with it. It all depends on what you're making and how you're engaging with trade. Right. It's it's the how that it meets the world that matters to us a lot of times and why we make the thing that we make. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, to refer to the Rob Stenzinger, what, what I you know, playfully call the Rob Stenzinger coat of arms is like, you've got sort of a rubric that you can say like, well, is this product inherently bad? Well, let's test it by, with these, you know, statements, right? Um, sure. Which, which is four statements. I seek to do what I love. Number one for number two, for a community I care about three, uh, using tools and methods I believe in. And then four to engage in a sustainable trade. Right. So which isn't that prescriptive. Honestly, it's just, those are, it's, it's almost like, like, here's a pack of four broad brushes. 
Right. <laughs> it's it's not the world. A, it's not a difficult test. Well, I mean, unless uh, unless you got to do some serious work like on yourself, it's not a difficult test to pass. Um, but but that said, you know, it's like I, I thought that was an interesting thing for one is like he's he's really <laughs> defining this thing as a product that is meant to go out into the world and engage with the world, right? And and have mm-hmm. some kind of reaction. Some kind trade doesn't even need to be money. Trade can be attention. Trade can be uh, building uh, a, a trail of competency that is going to lead to more opportunities for you. Trade can mean a lot of things, right? Um, but there is, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a, a pushback on this whole idea of like, why well, make art? I don't make a product. Well, Okay, so I thought that was the first interesting thing is to step mm. back and say like, okay, well, let's let's define what Robin Jersey mean when we say product because I think that we agree like we're parallel to Jake on this and not not and I don't want to like do a one on one comparison of like what we think he's thinking. I just think that again, good starting point, leap off and like, I, did I did I define uh what we how we feel about product? Did I miss anything? Yeah, no, I, let's see. So let's see, def, defining product and project. I think that, uh, I, I don't think you did because I think there's a bit of, um, well, you can interpret that, right? So I think a product infers more encapsulation than a project. Mm-hmm. Project is product, probably part of a bigger suite of, or, or bigger, you know, system of endeavors where you're, you're enabled to take on a, a consistent uh, task or set of tasks or whatever, but mm-hmm. then uh, it's almost like you have a job. Where's, where's the project? Where a product is the the thing that gets out there. So, all right, do what it takes to get the thing out there. I also happen to see there's a, you know, a, a whole ecosystem of ideas and different creative disciplines about putting a product into the world because um, what is the reason that you're going about this? Are yeah, let's trying let's to... talk about that. I want I want to dig at that. Like, what what are because like I don't think it's as simple as okay. Well, we set up a goalpost, then we just head for it. That's all, and that'll keep you keep you going. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of stuff in the middle that's it's, worth looking at. It's a useful thing. It's basically trying to take your practice and make something tangible out of it, and and it's a it's got a lot of benefits to it by doing that. Like, I think that's pretty fantastic mm-hmm. and completely agree with with uh jake parker's um what he shared mm-hmm. and i also because of different roles and whatnot i've i've happened to practice in different kinds of teams and like doing like applied research and working in um you know like basically i've been um i've i've applied the creative process in a bunch of different places because of um the the systemic discipline of user experience, right? And so, uh, and applying user experience when you're in like a, a lab style team where you have hypotheses coming in from, from business collaborators and you're evaluating them and exploring them. So I, I really like to empathize with so many different ways of at the, the creative process that a few of these, and maybe we'll get into some of that later, but like some of the things that really stand out to me about uh, because I find my own weaknesses when I take on these other points of view um, is, well, I can make a thing and it might not resonate with a group. How does that work? Right? Because it's almost like you can, you can practice the ability to put a product in the world, but then how it meets the world is another set of concerns. Yeah. And so where does it end? Where does the, where does the creative process 
finish. And I don't think it stops at the product, basically. And there's, a, there's the context that you are producing the product within and distributing it and sharing it and drawing attention to it and all that. So that's also what I think about with a product because um, I has, I think you're like, you think about like, what are the odds of different kinds of outcomes when you just put a thing into a world, into the world? So uh, if you've set yourself up to succeed by using, uh, honestly, like all the things like Jake lists, uh, you're, I think you're setting yourself up to actually finish something, which is awesome. And then what? Um, Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a, there's a few more things that I, I, because of the word product, I think that it's, it's like a more real thing to me personally, when I think about the, um, when it's bringing value to some audience, when it's actually, you know, in the hands of others and really I'm able to learn from that as well. Right. So mm-hmm. were people able to find it? And then when they started using it, did they keep using it? And did they, like, did they say anything back? Did they come back for more? What have you? So mm-hmm. anyway, there's... Yeah, I guess to keep digging at this, what, this word, what we mean by the word product, I think another part of that definition, or at least like a, a flavoring of that definition would be, is that often it's something we believe in and we have a lot of personal investment and a personal project as it were, right? Something that comes that only we can bring into the world and that's part of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. But I also want to know that the people I'm making it for get something from it. Right. Um, and so, and, and that feedback loop informs how, where to explore my work next. Like a, 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 a product that I've made and that I continue to make that I think is a good example of this is the Captain Seriously project, which we talked about in the show a bunch of times where every year, oh, and by the way, I just, I just started posting some of the art from the newest one that I just finished on my Patreon. Um, That's awesome. Uh, but uh, the whole idea is that like, I meet with the school administration. I, I make these comic books just for the school district. I meet with the administrators and I talk about like, okay, we're working on the seventh grade book. What are seventh graders going through at your school? What are some of the things that you wish you had some resources or some um, uh, something to bolster a problem, or the, the solution to a problem you're trying to solve with these students? What's something they're experiencing? What's something they're going through? What are they doing? You know, what kind of a- the activities are happening in school they're engaged with? And I, collect all this information from them, you know? And then I, I turn, I, that all informs the story that I create for the kids. And then I go to the school and deliver the books to the kids and talk with the kids about the adventures, right? And then we followed up with a series of workshops where the kids make stories of their own and I see how they're engaging with this, this whole idea of this world, these characters, this whole premise of making comics to help people, you know? Um, so it's, it's very personal, I have a lot of creative control, like more than I've ever had on any kind of freelance gig. Uh, and I have an immense amount of trust from the, from the, the hosting organization and the funders in this thing. Um, but, and, and so I got a tremendous amount of personal satisfaction out of doing it. But part, part of that satisfaction is the feedback loop of the before, during, and after of the thing. It's not just mm-hmm. holding the thing in my hand that, that, that makes it worthwhile. It's the whole experience of how the world reacts to it. That helps create that that feeling of uh, creative satisfaction, and that's another thing too. Is that like products often don't like they don't stand alone as far as uh, the service of that's wrapped around a product, mm-hmm. or the progression of generations of new product that happens from it as well. Mm. 
And also, it's important to not get bogged down on this. This is where I think, again, Jake's approach to this is fantastic because it's like, where do you have the most creative control? And it's going to be, it's, it's in this, a lot of the stuff that, that Jake lists. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, you know, doing, building something that you believe and get, you know, sort of managing it like a, um, you know, with, with some, some constraints and embracing them and, you know, tuning in and being wise about it, all that. Fantastic. It's, it's just that all, and also, like once you feel comfortable with like, oh, I can make the promise to myself that I can put a product into the world. Now what? Yeah. And then this is also kind of the now what, where there's, there's almost like the service aspect of it, like you, with you, what you were des- describing and the generations of other product that kind of um, almost, yeah, the, like you have this giant story that's like, a, it's kind of like a suite of products in a way <laughs> that you've been able to produce which is which is interesting and there's, so products have lots of different life beyond that's that individual encapsulation of the thing mm-hmm. I, I and um and i think that the individual encapsulation of the thing can be involving the audience more or less depending on what kind of project is it more of an expression or a service because you're describing involving your audience and so you're really doing design and problem defining and problem you know problem solving to help inform what that product needs to be. So mm. other angles on it too is to change the nature of what that encapsulated thing is. Mm. How much, how much is the audience involved or not? And I, so I think about like guitar fretter um, is an example of a product that was a bit service and expression both, but like I wasn't able to discover a lot about it initially because of how I invested in it. I, I, I created a prototype and I tested it with a small audience and eventually created the the final version. That whole story we've told a couple times, uh, more than a couple times. But like when I put, I, I really didn't get to discover like how the audience is going to react to it until I put that for that the full thing into the world. And then I got a lot of feedback, and then I iterated on it like probably I forget seven ish times or so. I've done updates. Some of those are really significant, and and um, and I'm currently working on a new version of Guitar Fighter. And all of this is informed by having put that initial product into the world and then the little iterations of it, right? Where, um, you know, books can get second editions, you can mm-hmm. fix things, what have you. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. So I don't think soft, software stands alone in that world of, of uh, adding to it. But uh, yeah. And so let's see. So what what was I... By the way, guitarfretter.com for those who are tuning in, and it's also available for iOS and Android. Um, mobile game, learn the learn the frets on a guitar through an interactive game. So, right. So I had personal, you know, stake in that where I was like, I want to actually be better at understanding the map of the fretboard. <laughs> and so I started playing around with the, this and I, I found sort of a, a fun loop. And then I, like I said, I tested it with an audience and then made a full product out of it. But then, uh, and it's iterate, I've iterated on it a lot since as I got to discover like who really cares about this more, right? Because I can assume and it's like when it meets the world, that's where you get the whole, this idea that I think is useful, but it's, um, like product market fit, like how well do you understand the needs of others? And is this actually, li- actually living up to meeting a need? Right. So, right. Like I think, yeah, 
So is that where we're going to go after our break? Is like, okay, so you you sign on to this idea to make a product. You build yourself a calendar, a schedule, a Gantt chart. You know, you come up with ways to make it manageable by allocating this many hours a day over this many weeks, and you will have a finished thing. Now what? <laughs> also, now what? And what happened? Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you what do you think now that you did that thing? Right, right. Yeah, there's 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 an intuition that starts this stuff, and it's and, and it's. I mean, I think that's one of the things that's so attractive about art is that we can explore heuristically and intuit things and try things out and see what feels right. And there's a lot of it that is that. And then, but there's a lot more experience to be had, right? I'll put it that way, right? There's there's other stuff happening that you can look at if you want to, and that's what we'll do maybe after a quick break. What do you say? I I love it because there's yeah there's so much of this that's that's optional and your point of view and and let's let's explore uh, ways because in a way like we we started talking about yeah there's the product and it's and then there's then there's more and that's not to burden you right away you don't have to care about that and let's let's talk about more about why and there we that, go that great okay. Uh, so we'll come back in about a minute and a half to talk about that. But first, we have to thank some people who make this show possible. Those folks are the people who support us on Patreon. Yes, patreon.com slash lean into art is the website. What is it? So if you to give us a monthly upvote, if you believe in what we're doing and you want to help make, make it more sustainable, you can start out by contributing as little as a dollar a month. And you can also cancel at any time. You don't have to stay on on a regular basis. You could do a one-time donation and just cancel after you've availed yourself of all that extra behind-the-scenes stuff. But there are five people that I want to thank this week who have been supporting us on an ongoing basis. First up, Stephen Stonebush. Thank you, Stephen, for believing in us and what we do. And Carrie Goble-Billick, who you can find everywhere online as Mushin Girl. Thank you, Carrie. It means a lot to us. And Sophie Lawson. You can find Sophie on Twitter at Sophie Lawson Art. Thank you, Sophie. And Merjam. Thank you, Merjam, for supporting us for a long time now. We really appreciate it. You can find Merjam on Twitter at M-Y-R-J-A-M-V-D-V. These will all be linked in the show notes, by the way, so you can follow these people, because if they get something out of the show and you get something out of the show, they're probably people you'd want to talk to. And finally, Dave Sree say, thank you, Dave Sree, uh, longtime friend of the show, been on the show a bunch of times, creator of the Emergent Task Planner, which we talk about a lot. You can find uh, Dave Shree on Twitter at Dave Say. And you can join them all at patreon.com slash lean to art where you will find all the shows we make as well as the extra leans, the shows we record only for people who support us on Patreon. Those posts become an open mic thread where you can talk about whatever you want in a safe space with fellow leaners. Thanks again to everybody who supports us at patreon.com slash lean into art. It means a lot. Hmm. All right. It really does. That's what a wonderful thing to, to hear. Um, all right. Second part. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Thanks to the Thundercats. Um, so, you know, what happens? What happened and what happens next? Let's talk about that. Okay. So, I think it's, it, it's easy. Let's, let's say that, um, are you a planner? Do you like to try to, um, you know, do you, you can be a planner and still use your gut or whatever, but you can, uh, like you can dig an analytical well and get stuck in there. Right. And, and, um, and that's not what I'm trying to encourage. Um, what I'm trying to encourage is that there's, uh, there's a whole 
sort of, um, I think what let's, there's a, there's a complex dynamic as far as you make a thing that you believe in. That's enough. That's, that is its own plenty of work to do. And I think, I think a lot of us, um, that's a natural place to start. And I think that it's also part of yet a bigger picture. So how many of these do you want to keep connecting to and exploring and mapping out and including just like when you, you know, you include constraints when you make a project, Mm -hmm. Uh, you can find your own framing and emphasize or de-emphasize different parts of this. And that's, I think, wonderful, honestly, like I, 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 that's why I get, I get excited about talking about this topic is because um, I've, I feel like I've bumped into a lot of walls and challenges and pitfalls and stuff like that. And I think having reflected on it, looking back, asking the whole like, well, what happened? And then now what is, uh, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's some useful tools in there. And then it's just finding which tools resonate with you and then include them. Or if they don't, don't. <laughs> Because that, and that's what's so exciting. It's like you can hear. Um, it's I, I don't know what. Like one, it's, why? Why did it take me so long? But I got really excited when I realized Jersey turns every creative challenge into a product. <laughs> uh, and it's because I wasn't that open to trying it myself. To be honest, mm. I was like, no, I'm going to practice. I'm going to feel good generating a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. That's enough. But then is it? Because <laughs> look at that. I admire this. I want to do that too. So, yeah. And, and I, I should, you know, what am I trying to say? Um, I want to be careful to say that the, the products that I develop are like, like you were talking about with Guitar Fetter, they're like sort of like a version one, like uh, a, it's, a, it's a deliverable thing. Like, so the Baron von Bear mini comic that I made two years ago, Frank Tober. Um, I had a shippable thing, but it wasn't like I wouldn't consider it finished because I've since revised a lot of ideas that I explored in that mini comic. So I've always thought of it as use the constraints to force me to finish a thing. Otherwise, I will get stuck in that analytical well and I'll second guess myself and I will try to prove all of my guesses before I put pen to paper. You know, I'll try to test my hypotheses before I've tested them, you know. Um, and so it hurts because it's so true. And I feel this pain of (laughs) having done this. So, so then, then like, and, and, you know, years ago, I remember thinking like, um, well, you can't math your way into finishing a thing. Like, and I, I remember thinking like, well, if I could just, I know having like looked at how long it takes me to finish a page. If I just like say like if a page is eight hours, I can just chunk it out to like one hour a, a, a day per week. I'll get almost a page done per week on a personal project. Like, well, yes, but then th- there's this other missing ingredient, which is called motivation um, stick-to-itiveness, showing up, right? <laughs> I can have that hour scheduled if I don't, but if I don't do anything about it, it's not going to get done anyway. So like that, the the creative challenge thing is like the perfect storm of accountability, motivation. I want to play along with all these people. I don't feel, because like if I, it, this is just self-knowledge, right? This has nothing to do with, I'm not putting this on any other artist, but I know that if I feel like 
I'm being beholden to something, I get really resentful. I'm like, well, I'm not going to do it then. What? Watch me. Watch me say no. You know. But if it's like, oh, everybody else is having fun, I want to play too. Then I'm in. I'm I'm engaged. You know, and I feel like I want to show up to do it. So then it was like that combination of like, okay, well, I've got the math. I could do an eight-page mini comic, and I can break all the panels into like this many hours and put it in a, in a spreadsheet, and then time it for this day when everybody's doing it too. So then I feel like I'm playing along with the with the gang sort of thing. And now I've got a version of the product that is shippable. Um, but you know, I feel like these days when I do that, I'm relaxed enough to know that well, it's not done. Like, and so last year I did the Bear and Five Bear pitch for during during the October challenge month. And the, the, the really nice thing about that was feeling like I could just let it go when it was done. Like, okay, I've got a draft of this thing, a suggestion of a graphic novel, but I don't feel like I have to be wedded to anything that's in this. Cause like once that, once now that that's out in the world and editors are looking at it, I feel at peace with them coming back saying, yeah, well, could you change this, this, and this? And we feel it'd be more marketable if I had this, this, and this. Okay, I'm ready to have that conversation. I'm not going to feel assaulted by that um, suggestion necessarily. I mean, it depends on what it is, I guess, right? Like, if like, well, we'd like to challenge the core thesis of your work and, and suggest you do something utterly different. Uh, I don't know about that, but, you know, it's like, well, could the Baron's suit be gray? Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um. Anyway, I don't know if that was at all what you There's, were. I, it's very much there. It's it's like there. You, there's so many awesome elements of what you shared there because you, there's an unknowable threshold of that we. I love creative disciplines that try to take in big systemic perspective, yet also really putting stuff into the world is the only way where we get to really learn, right? So that's why like prototyping, being open to iterating on projects and how, that's awesome how you called the, that, that initial Baron von Bear comic like uh, uh, version one. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's so much version one, version two, and it's like, like evolution that can happen if you're willing to like, well, learn whatever you got to learn to get, navigate your own quirks for getting a thing into the world. There's great recipes and patterns that work for lots of folks. Maybe they work for you, maybe they don't, but like, you know, some basics of having clarity of your capacity for different things and committing for you know, really committing to make, you know, getting something done, working whatever you have to do to get it done. All we've seen tons and tons of memes and jokes and comics about like creating is hard. Let's procrastinate, whatever. Yes, I know. Fine. But like, somewhere you 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 navigate that and you get a thing into the world and then there's the then what because it meets its audience it meets other constraints and distribution platform and whatever's but that's the version one and you can learn from it and that's pretty darn powerful because looking back like you described all sorts of like your own personal quirks and stuff like finding your like how you're framing problems and then adding to how you can frame problems uh that's a pretty darn useful tool. And that's where I, that's uh, having um, Jake's uh, product or project, or you need a product, not a project as a framing for that. It, you know, to me, that's like a thread you can pull on. It's um, get the thing done and then what? And, you know, the then what could be, and you have your, your, some more work to do on yourself because maybe there's, 
improvements in your skills. Or maybe you've not now have a, uh, I think this is a weird, this comes from some of my background and working in like um, lab style teams adjacent to corporate strategy and all that kind of stuff. But like, um, and I can get this maybe getting obtuse and weird, but think of this as a sample of other vocab, whatever. Um, so you think about yourself as a business entity. You are an individual, you're a creator, maybe part of a small team, what have you. And you're putting something in the, into the world because you have the capabilities to put the thing into the world. And you might have expanded or tested your capabilities. That's interesting. It's worth observing. So um, maybe that's a really good fit of, well, magical bears and, um, and, and their friends ta- tackling um, you know, interesting magical ad- adventures with, with danger and cute animals. That's cool. Our Hello Kitty meets Doctor what? Strange is Hello Doctor Kitty Strange. Meets, yeah, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> um, so you tested that. You t- you test that idea. So like um, the idea that like well, memorizing the guitar fretboard could be a game, and it can both be fun to to play the game as its raw mechanics and reflexes and the different subtle positive reinforcement feedback mechanisms that are baked into there. Um, and also it can help you memorize the guitar fretboard. I didn't do a scientific study, but I've had feedback where people have said this. So I have qualitative evidence in my, mm-hmm. the, that it, it's fulfilling that. Um, okay. Gosh, lots of threads to pull on there. So, well, you mentioned the word framing. So how would you like, you talk about choosing a framing, um, I wonder if you could okay. dig a little bit deeper into that because yeah, like I'm, I'm thinking of this as, um, I need to be doing constant product development churn because, um, while I'm working on whatever jobs I have in front of me, I have to be developing new things to potentially, to, to potentially sell to, um, partners like publishers and so on. So there's a, there's a framework in there of the part of this is not just creative expression. Part of this is like creating marketing materials for myself and or potential product development for, you know, engaging with trade with publishers, right? The Baron von Baron mini comic that I made two years ago was the precursor to developing the pitch, which is now out being looked at by editors, right? And that's, that's like a an independent business person's uh, approach to this development, right? Because that pitch isn't for the public. Right, that's a good point. So like you made a product that's helping... Um, well, make your, uh, make your business, uh, have a sustainable cash flow by, by landing a deal. Right. And so the, the outcome of that product in a way it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a different kind of product for, for a different kind of framing. That's, that, that is interesting. So, um, oh yeah. And then I guess to, to continue that and also add a couple of things, you know, from the other train of thought is that you're building and this is a bit of the how, like looking at it as a business. So, so you invested in your capabilities, right? And your capabilities are of strategic value to you. You will repeat, like, are you, are you really practiced in drawing in the, uh, the genres and topics and styles that you want to draw within, right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a capability. That's a yeah. sellable thing. Like, yeah. is maybe not appealing that that can sound like, but like, this is where when you put on, others' perspectives, you get to maybe find conflict, maybe harmony with your own, you know, creator approach. Um, but you have capabilities and also like 
in a way, components. So think about like how there's house styles at different uh, animation places and what have you, and they've got processes. So your process is a component, your style is a component, and all this stuff that you've practiced. So like you can take your capabilities and components and make more products. That is a thing that you've invested in as a business to be able to deliver. And so you can think about that strategically and say, down the road, and this is where this, uh, I love all my friends who work in strategy. And I find um, there's potentially conflict between our different approaches. So I've experienced. (laughs) So uh, because you got long-term creative cycles, right? Where it's like, you can know some of what's going to happen a year or two from now or five or 10, whatever. But are you going to know that much? How much of that should really affect what you're doing right now? Maybe some, a little bit, because where do you want to go and all that stuff, right? So Mm -hmm. strategy, what have you. So invest in the capabilities and components and things that you want to have to make more products. That's the framing, right? So like uh, another way to look at it is like, what do you want to do more of? What do you want to do less of? Mm. Anyway, so what do you think? So that business uh, framing, what do you? Mm -hmm. No, that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because another thing that I find that, you know, I am very guilty of is, and and I shake it off usually pretty quickly, but like I'll start with, um, well, this is what the world wants. The world didn't ask for what I'm making, so I'm going to like do something more of what the world seems to want right now. Sure. Right. Um, Right. Chasing a market. Yeah. And just that, that simple sentence that you uttered, which was, you know, what do I want to be doing less of? What do I want to be doing more of? Right. Something like that, too. Oh. I mean, and, and this is this is why, like, a lot of artists will tell you, put the stuff in your portfolio that you love doing. Don't put the stuff that you think, you, you know, will get you more gigs. Because otherwise, you're going to find yourself doing stuff that isn't as interesting to you. So. That's a really pragmatic way to deal with that. Yeah. And so you can just do, you know, you can adopt that as your approach to say this will um, accrete and build up and eventually like this is, I stand out in this area. So this should work well for me as a strategy. A good example that Ann and I talk about when we're, uh, you know, doing workshops together is the one of the reasons we got the Rockets book from First Second was because in 2007, you know, a long time ago, we made a mini comic about the Apollo 12 mission. You know, because we just happened to love the Apollo 12 mission. And so we did an eight-page story about it, took it to conventions, traded it around, and the editor of the Science Comics series remembered that book and said, like, hey, I know, I know two people who are really into rockets. Let's, let's see what they could do with a book about rockets. You know, so it's something that – it's a personal project. It's – we created a product to, to put out into the world to see what people say about it. And there was a payoff way down the road in the sense that we left a trail of competency that where some, somebody who we could engage with trade in trade with gave us that opportunity to engage with in trade. Right. So that's great. So like in a way that's uh, building a brand as well. So the awareness and the story of your work is, is one way to look at what a brand is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the recognition, the recall, that's when a brand is performing its job mm. and 
that's uh and 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 it can be subtle because it's just the uh you know the trust in the um the qualities and capabilities that you have to provide yeah yeah that's a, that's a more nuanced way of talking about like this idea of like leaving a trail of competence right mm-hmm. um because it, like i i i useful I, isn't that interesting different framings yeah. right they're yeah. both they're both kind of pointing towards some general space and whichever framing works, that's you know yeah. pick a useful. Well, I'm 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 grateful that we're we're teasing at this a little bit because like one of the things that a lot of cartoonists say is like if you just make good work and put it out in the world, it will get attention. I'm like, well, I think there is some truth to this idea. I get nervous when something's reduced to that 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 uh, simple of phrasing, right? Because like, because mm-hmm. uh, like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean it's like just like a magic trick? Like you just like put stuff in the world and like good things happen, build it, and they will come. You know, um, I'm not so sure. But like, when you look at it, you know, a little bit more deeply than that, and it's like, well, okay, well, you're you're putting things in the world and watching how they react react in the world, and you're continuing to um, refine and build and engage you know it's like it was it was years of going to conventions uh ann and me with that rocket book before you know it led to that opportunity right but we took it every year to every convention since 2007 you know wow that's what a what a powerful example and it's it's the hmm there's a I, and, and so looking back, this is the, now we're, you know, we're practicing the whole looking back and like, mm-hmm. well, what happened? And also, where do you want to go? And the, that had an effect and that did work, but then it's not that precise, right? So it's not like there's only one, like, is, as you're going along, that's probably not the only product and the only thing you're doing, right? So you probably have multiple uh, experiments and explorations going on and, whatnot absolutely but but consistently investing in that one i mean that was um that is an investment that's another idea of like this is a thing you believe in enough where you continue to do it and i think the the, i get nervous too with all your eggs in one basket do only one thing and um only let's see uh and it, like at the exclusion of all all else, and then just be a you know put good things in the world, and people will 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 come. How many people can uh-huh. I pay the rent with that? Yeah, and all that. It's yep. and that's where it, I know humbly that it's not all up to me, right? There is a where is the world right now, and how do I relate to it, and what can I do, and what have you? Right, right, yeah. Part yeah, of that- this is discovery. Uh, and, and this is why when it comes to this product development thing, I'm, I always come back to this mini comics idea because it is such an affordable way to test, to, to create test materials, to get reactions from the world, to see where that, um, these are all things I'm interested in. These are all things that I enjoy doing. Let me put them all in the world and see which ones start to get the reaction so I can start investing more in that direction. And and even then, like, it depends on how you're putting it into the world. Like, so for instance, you know, um, my Boulder and Fleet mini comics are among my most popular mini comics at shows. I get a lot of reaction from them. Didn't have a lot of success selling the book, you know, uh, like, like getting a, a publishing deal for it. Right. So, okay, well, now that's a whole different audience that I got to think about. Okay, well, I'm getting a lot of signal from this audience. Here's the audience that provides a whole different kind of trade what can I learn from what I'm hearing from them about this thing? You know, 
super powerful there. Recognizing that a signal has context, right? Mm-hmm. And and tease it apart, like explore, you know, like what what are you seeing? Make your own observations in there, and that's, I think, really useful to feedback into your framing. Use it as feedback, and and ask what can you learn from this and just just the idea though that recognizing those are different audiences like i've i mean we've all faced rejection or different things that that have you know worked well you know at one and then suddenly didn't work well or whatever and it's just you're puzzling you're having you know you're getting some signal but it's not really obvious necessarily what's within there but if you take time you can find things to observe inside there and um and that's that can feed back into your product. And that's, that's the, um, I guess that's the useful thing. It's it, that as long as, you know, with the caution of, you know, avoid getting trapped in analysis, but just using a little bit to sort of, um, you know, build up for your next attempt and what are you going to try or do? And the, as far as what are you, what are you going to invest in next? And how are you feeling a little more confident this time? Hmm. So there's, you know, there's, there's other things too, as far as, yeah, all, all these different areas of like people that you work with, if they're from legal or finance, or, um, they're just, their primary thing is a particular area of business of, of, um, you know, in sales or, 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 um, acquisition of books or making business deal, whatever, they all have interesting creative ways to look at the world. That's what I've learned. And I try to borrow from them. That's good. I I I feel like this was this is a good exploration of of the topic for now, right? We, this is something we're to come back to again and again, and this is like us checking in on it in you know early twenty twenty. What do you think? And, or is there? Any, I think so. Okay, it's a, I think it's a lo- I think it's a longer conversation, and it, the only thing that could happen now is is we'll get we'll f- step in more jargon. <laughs> so. <laughs> I just I cleaned off my shoes. I, so. yeah, I was going to say, I didn't wear my galoshes today, so I don't want to step in any more jargon. Uh, all right. So do you want to take another break and then come back with the, the switching from like goal-oriented product development and like talk about practicing again for the two-minute practice this week? I love it. Let's do that. Okay. We're going to come back in about minute and a half, two minutes and talk about this week's two minute practice. Before we do that, we got to thank some more people who make this show possible. And those people happen to be us. We make the show possible. And the thing that, you know, we make lots of stuff and then we think about, think really hard about the stuff we make. And then we bring those thoughts to this thing called lean into art. And the thing that I make that I hope you will check out this week is the, another podcast I do called the four million years later podcast. And we just finished talking about season one, season one of what? The Transformers cartoon from 1984. Uh, me and an old friend of mine watch a, an episode of the show a week, and then we convene to to talk about what we saw. We talk about it from the perspective of like how we engaged with it as young people, because we're Gen Xers, we grew up with the show, and we talk about how we feel about it now. Well, how 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 is our perspective change about these characters? Rob and I were just texting each other last night about uh, my relationship with the character Starscream and how when I was a child. I looked at him and said, like, oh, that's what confidence looks like because he he stands up to all these other people and asserts his personality in this room full of people who all worship Megatron. Now as an adult, I look at him I'm like, nope, nope. He was an incomplete picture of what self-confidence is. He's self-aggrandizement. He is a POS after all. And I never realized it as a child. Um, <laughs> so you can find it at 4millionyearslater.com. 
and uh, you can also find it in your favorite podcatcher. And like I said, you know, you can you can watch, uh, listen, watch along, and listen to the the entire first season of the show. Um, Rob, you make all sorts of products and mm. videos at Skillshare. Totally, and we need to put a like a inner segment here, a little high five for for when I get to react to your project, your product. <laughs> Because, <laughs> yeah, 4 Million Years Later is a really delightful podcast. I highly recommend uh, adding it to your feeds because it's, uh, yeah, it's more of, you know, Jersey's analysis, but applied to this, that, that, that world of story. It just happens to be this story that really connects with Jersey from, from his childhood and whatnot. But, like, hearing that kind of story analysis with Jersey and Hoover is, is uh, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's fun, laughing, joyful, and deeply analytical. It is very, very boisterous. I will say that. Like Anne, who's working from home right now, said to me last week after recording episodes, like you were shouting so loud, it almost sounded like you were yelling at Hoover. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it has. It's a high energy show. But yes, but let's talk about your Skillshare page and yeah. uh, your 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 store section on your website. Sounds awesome. So if you go to robstenzinger.com or specifically robstenzinger.com/store dot html uh you'll find the things that i sell and one of the things i just want to emphasize today is, is this set of workshops that i have sort of my my four recent workshops that uh relate to a variety of creative endeavors where you can um get deeper into uh collaboration and visualize visualizing that collaboration from the perspective of your users using this drawing user journey maps workshop uh you can have a great time exploring character design for fun with yourself or with your family doing doing the workshop sketching happiest kitty or if you're thinking about hey this product stuff sounds really interesting or project and uh well i've got a whole workshop about basically creating your own custom creative challenge and that digs into like really tuning it for what what fits for you what is your capacity and what kind of what kind of uh fun is fun for you and let's tune that creative challenge to work for you whole workshop for that and then there's goal setting using design plus storytelling and that's the whole thing where of like well what are some outcomes you're trying to bring about in the next five years and the big the big you know topics and buckets and whatnot then how do you you know take specific steps to to like bring that about and then how do you make that an easy story to tell and this workshop takes you through like seven exercises and has a nice uh, pre-made workbook for you to, to to work through these activities and me and kate shield stenzinger take you through each of those activities with lots of context and, and and background and that's and each of these is only is roughly half an hour like the the longest one is like 47 minutes so a lot of useful things that you can watch and rewatch and uh, explore some fun, creative endeavors. And that's at robstenzinger.com slash store.html, linked in the okay. show notes. Uh, and then the last thing we hope you'll check out today is the, the Lean Into Art Discord. Yes, we have a, a, a forum now, and there are six channels in there, six sort of like conversation areas. Three are public, where you can request future topics of shows. You can comment on past episodes. You can even post some of your challenges and requests if you are engaged in or uh, participating in the two-minute practice. That's where you can post your results. And then there's three channels that are only for people who support us on Patreon, including a social channel where you just post about, hey, here's the, the zucchini I made last night. doesn't look pretty. And we'll say, yes, it does. Um, links in the show notes, uh, the invite link. So you, can, you, can, uh, you can join us there at the Lean Into Art Discord. Okay. Uh, 
talk about the two-minute practice. Hi there, Rob. Hey, Jersey. Two-minute practice time, huh? Uh-huh. And what yeah. was our practice? Uh, you picked one that I've been following this pattern of like, like whoever picks it, I just kind of go with it overall. Like there's been a little bit of adjustments and there's there's always interpretation, but it's been such a fun thing where there's like a built-in prompt. I know that our our approach is you don't have to do what our prompt is. We're just Mm -hmm. here to celebrate two minute practices. But here I went and drew circles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How'd it go? Um, it was, it, you know, like, how did I, I, I feel good about the process, but aspects were more intense than I expected because I'm just drawing circles, right? But you can draw circles at a leisurely pace or you can really draw a lot of circles. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and I honestly like both. I feel pretty great after either way, but like clearly if I'm just, you know, put, trying to put as many circles on a page as I can, it's, it's a lot more intense than I expected. I don't know why it's kind of obvious, but like, I guess that's part of the practice. I'm, I'm realizing that, that, uh, yeah, like a lot of things per second are, that's going to get my heart rate up. (laughs) (laughs) This This is like, well, a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Like, Uh, I, I think I, so what's what I size paper were you to working pay attention with? To how many? Yeah, what's that? How, what size paper were you were you working with? I used uh, so standard U.S. Uh, eight and a half by eleven. Okay, letter letter, letter sheet of paper. Wow, and you're and like so interesting. I just want to get more clarification on this. You felt like it wasn't enough to just draw in like a corner of the sheet. You had to fill the sheet when you were doing the practice. Well, I started to be less intense about it and because I noticed like, wow, this is intense. And so um, I think I gravitated toward the like making a circle, making circles in a pattern of and sort of going different sizes. And that was my one of my more relaxing ones. Mm -hmm. But then I noticed it was so relaxing. Then I added a bunch more circles. (laughs) (laughs) okay oh yeah what um i i'm not sure i can think more about takeaways but i'm really curious about your your, well i i'd rather stay on your takeaways because i whiffed this one and it's weird right because it it was specifically such a simple one to do oh my gosh so then you did like nested circles circles inside of circles well that's the thing i i I go i look for look for patterns and so yeah i did circles like and then I know. there's a lot like of circles, a crowd of little tiny circles. It almost is like a, this is yeah. Different sizes, giant circles surrounded by little tiny bubbles of circles. Yeah. This is one of the more mellow ones uh, ah. because it varied because I'd use the softer pen and it's almost like the marker tip was big enough where it just made a circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just boop. I'm like, Hey, that's a circle. Gotcha. And yep. filling them in, yeah. So, like, yeah, When in my head, my engagement with this thing was going to be, like, the way you do telephone doodles, right? Like, the, the old stereotype of, like, you're talking on the phone and you're just, like, like sort of uh, absent-mindedly sketching on a, you know, the back of an envelope or something like that. And 
my takeaway, having totally whiffed it, is I need to be more thoughtful about incorporating some kind of meditative practice into my day and be more intentional and committed to that idea because um, I just the, the week just got away from me and I and I felt like there was like kind of an anxious energy around all my work that mm. I didn't um, I feel like if I had attended to it I would have had something in there to like make me step back you know like we did art meditation for one of them one of the two minute practices a while back and I got a lot of value out of just taking that two minutes to just let the pencil do what it wants and that's what I was hoping this would be for me and I did not attend to it. So, and it's weird. Cause like would the, you, how big yeah. of piece, how big of paper would you have used? I would have done just a sticky note that I mean, it was sitting right here. Been next better. To, mm, that's a good idea. Um, it was right here next to my keyboard, right? It was ready for me. My pen, I was, it was all set up and I just didn't attend to it. So, um, but that's I mean, a big fact too. the space you choose to fill can make it seem more daunting or less or like, you know, a big, a, a workout adventure. Watch, you know, like you can put a lot of circles on an eight and a half and 11 sheet of paper as you could on a, on a, on a sticky note. But like, like what are those like two and a half or three inches by three inches? Something like that. Uh, yeah. And ah, yeah, three that's going to make it more calm. I think. I would think so. Yeah. I, mm. Although, you know, I like the idea of also working larger. So I just finished teaching a class recently for um, fifth graders. And I noticed there was this one student in my class who draws really tiny. She was drawing so tiny. It was all very detailed and it was very precise, but it was just, it was super small. And I was like, okay, well, here, guess what? And I put this like giant piece of poster board in front of her. I'm like, you're going to draw the world in which your character lives. I just want to see what their world looks like. And she's like, okay, well, I'm just going to use this corner. I'm like, nope, you're using the whole sheet. And she's like, but that's, that'll take forever. I'm like, learn how to draw bigger. You know, it's like, you can draw big, you can draw small, you, but you should be able to do both, you know? And then she did, and she drew like this, like giant wilderness landscape. And it wasn't like as densely detailed as like her little drawings were, you know? And, and she's like, well, I still like drawing small. I'm like, okay, but still, you know, there's something that's, that, uh, I don't know. Like, I would think that it would be fun to also do like a poster board and use my whole arm and draw some circles that way too. That might be it. I bet it would. Gosh, yeah. I w that was fun. I did set like a, a few practices ago. That's what I did. I used, um, what was it? Like 20 by, I forget what size, 16 by 20 paper, something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, big um, arm motions. It was so, it was energetic. It was a lot of, it was <laughs> like a little mini workout, but like, oh, I felt great. It felt like I, I don't know. Um, like I did in a, like I let something out of me. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, it, it's interesting to me that last week's challenge, which I took on a little bit hard, it was a bit more of a challenge because I was like doodling on postcards and mailing them to friends. So there was like a little bit more, uh, built in effort at the outset to like pick my postcards, stamp them, address them, and then do the two minutes of like drawing on each one of them. Um, like that I was able to pull off, but this week, a relatively simpler challenge, somehow I didn't manage to get to. So the, I, I think, like I said, I think my takeaway is, is that like I need to commit to this, not just for its own sake, but for the sake of introducing some kind of, um, well, to, again, to quote Kate Stenzinger, she, she, said, she said it years ago and it just, it sticks in my brain. So it was such a, 
uh, meaningful and, and useful phrasing, which would make a purposeful pause. I need to like make space for that. I'm not doing it. I, I'm actually with you too, because it's a little chaotic how I integrate this practice. Mm. And uh, it's, it's, sometimes it's a warm up, sometimes it's a cool down, sometimes it's a calm warm up, and then sometimes it's an intense cool down. So it's all this mismatch happening. But I like it overall. I feel it feels like a positive thing I chose to do in my day when I've been able to succeed in adding it to my day, because I've been very wildly inconsistent this entire time. Do I? I've, I don't think I've succeeded in doing seven in a row, seven different days, but mm. I've, I've made it um, um, typically been able to do something um, and then accept the last one did not didn't succeed there. But that's, that's, that's an interesting thing in and of itself. That is data. That's, that's, yep. why did that happen? What, what do I want to do about that? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, that, that's, this isn't a pass or fail class, right? This is a observe and watch and test and do mm. class. So, all right. Um, That's awesome. So do we have an idea what we want to do for this week's practice? Mm, I don't know. Maybe I had a not fully baked idea. If you're ready okay. to help me finish this recipe, okay. what do you want to give it a try? Sure. All right. So um, let's see. How about... Like we could, it, I don't know. This is this is asking for trouble because it's throwing in randomality, right? But you, you take a dice, a little six-sided die, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so what if you wrote? Mm, all right, where 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 do you? Because I got mine gets complicated. Do you have? Do you think using a dice is is a good idea? I think anytime you can introduce ran- randomality to these kinds of practices, it's almost always a good idea. I do this a lot in my classrooms. Um, I mean, years ago, Ann and I did the twelve twelve mini comics, which was all based on randomality. Grab a random New York Times headline, grab three random objects out of a bag, make a story out of it. Mm. Didn't do it in two minutes, but I mean, I like the idea of like, um, there's this idea that I think is I, I find it has a lot of utility in my classroom is just start moving the pencil. Just start moving the pencil and stuff will happen. And the randomality prevents you from getting too worried about whether or not you're being clever, right? Work with what you got. What'd you roll? You rolled a five. What are you doing with it? Cool. So then I thought, here's a, here's, I'll, I'll share the rest of the idea. Okay. So what if you roll a, Roll a six-sided dice three times. So first, you, um, you're you dealing with your primary shape you're dealing with, which mm-hmm. is dot, line, triangle, square, circle, or blob. That's six. And then you can do the mood. So it's just shape and then the mood. And one, then there's three moods. One to two is happy. Three to four is grumpy. Five to six is confused or silly, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third, you could do, then the third one could just be how many you're drawing. <laughs> okay. So in so, other words, I roll a four and a four would mm-hmm. be a square. Okay. There's my shape. Yes. And then I roll again and I get a three. Well, okay. It's a happy, it's a happy square. And then mm-hmm. the, the, the third roll would be up. Oh, I got two. So I'm going to do two happy squares. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. I, right. I, I say Let's go try. for it. I mean, in, in, you know, as with all of the two-minute practices, this is not a prescription. 
spin it however you want, take on whatever practice you want. Um, but the only thing we ask is if you've got something that you want to show, like to present to uh, the other leaners for feedback or for high fives, go to the Lean Into Art Discord and post them in the Challenges Quest channel, and we'll be glad to react to and uh, interact with, you know, your experience doing the two-minute practice. That sounds fantastic. Thank you, Jersey. Thank you, Rob. Okay, uh, so I think we did a podcast again. What do you think? I think we did. and I, I think we actually walked by a whole tunnel of other podcasts. We were like, let's just stay on our current path. <laughs> we finished one podcast today. <laughs> so we're there. One, one per customer. So uh, thank you for you know all the thoughts on this one, Rob. I think this is, uh, this is a fun exploration that I know we're going to come back to again uh, and again. Um, and we record the show every week, uh, at usually at noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central. And then we stream it live on twitch.tv slash Lean Into Art and then collect it as a podcast at leanintoart.com and patreon.com slash leanintoart. We'll be back next time with another episode. Until then, I have been Jersey Drozd of leanintoart.com and Jersey Drozd on Instagram. Oh, and I've been Rob Stenzinger, also of leanintoart.com. And I'm Rob Stenzinger, places like Instagram. Okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at leanintoart.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user leanintoart. And you can reach us via email at leanintoart at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.